This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast, where it's not about surviving, but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here are your hosts, Tom DeLong and Joshua Erickson. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thriving in Singleness. Josh, how you doing in Michigan, man? I'm doing great, man. I am, uh, there's this episode, there's a lot to process. Dude, so much. I'm excited to have our listeners dive into it. Uh, I think one thing, even listening to the episode, you know, when we're recording it, like TJ is a resource and I'm really excited yeah. for our listeners to kind of get introduced to him. Uh, and just, you know, there's a lot of things that stuck out a lot of, you know, just the, where the, where the conversation went and, and just one thing stuck out, like the healing journey that he talked about and just his story. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot to process. It was a great episode. Um, like usual, again, we're mm-hmm. blessed to have a lot of great, great guests on this show. And uh, this is definitely no different. And I'm excited to, again, yeah, a lot of process, a lot of process. Yeah, and, oh, for sure. Um, a lot of resources. And I feel like it was just the conversation that I needed right now because, you know, there's there's things that I, I, I think about and process in my personal life through my day. And, you know, one thing that I've just been trying to process lately is is how do we teach purity and the great things that God has in that while not making people feel like they've, they've made mistakes that there's nothing for them. Like there, there's so much grace. There's so much that God has for them. And so, you know, and also like, how do we teach that, you know, God has so many incredible things on the other side of our mistakes, that God has something so much more abundant, so much more incredible for us on the other side of it without making people feel like it's okay to move forward and make mistakes and things will be okay on the other end, you know? So, you know, with his experience and, you know, what, what's been going through in his life, you know, I I feel like that was just such a good conversation to have. And this episode was especially Mm -hmm. difficult, but there's so many different directions we could have gone with it. And there's so Mm -hmm. much more, we could have unpacked and the most difficult thing is with this podcast is keeping it, you know, let alone around 40 minutes, which is like, we never do, um, you know, but keeping it less than an hour is always, always so tough because there's so much value in, in every conversation that we have. And I always just, I always want so much value for our listeners to be able to hear and be able to get glean a lot from. Yeah. We could easily go three hours, almost every single guest. Oh we yeah. Just sit down because the time flies. You don't mm-hmm. even realize that an hour's passed and you're like, Oh, I guess we have to stop this conversation. Um, but yeah, the, I love the direction that this conversation went and it was just cool to see kind of, I just how God kind of guides the conversation and yeah. how I think going into it, we had, you know, again, we just, we, for the most part, just let conversation happen. And it's always cool to see how God moves. And I don't think either of us thought it would go in this direction because yeah, you know, it, but it, it just felt so natural and it was a great conversation and it was, yeah, it was, it's, I'm excited. I'm excited for, for sure. people to listen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and bring in TJ Leffler. TJ Leffler, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me on the podcast. It seems like you have a, uh, quite a history of guests, so I feel honored. 
Man, super, super excited to have you. And, and I've loved the content you create on your Instagram. You have a lot of great wisdom to share. So I'm, I'm just really stoked to like, you know, dig into what is on your heart, the things that you've experienced through your life and just what God's been doing. So uh, really, really pumped to dig in. And so we got another another episode of of uh, just just guys just digging into this and uh, kind of as Josh said earlier, you know, on the singleness conversation, you know, women have, have kind of a monopoly on that market. So it's cool that we can, as three guys sit down and talk about this. Cause you know what guys deal with singleness too. You know, it, it's definitely, definitely a struggle, definitely difficult. Um, you know, and, and I know TJ, you know, you've been married for, you said four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, speaking back to, you know, your experience in your singleness, um, you know, and, and you know, there there's some singles that might have a cringeworthy sense towards people in their in marriage and like, you know, I don't want to hear your advice and things like that. And you know, to that it's like, you know, that's something where God has to work on your heart. But in reality, if if I want to be a millionaire, I want to hear from somebody who is a millionaire and, you know, what their process looked like and, and how they got there versus somebody that also wants to be a millionaire. And you know, so I think it's it's great that you know in our in our position of, of where we are in marriage that we have so much that we can look back at in our singleness and things that we did well, things that we wish we did better, because hindsight is is such an awesome perspective. But but man, I'm I'm like super thankful to have Josh in the cockpit here with me because he always has such great perspective to share in that as well. So. Uh, you know, just great having Josh here and, and he can share that perspective of like, Hey, I'm living it out right now. Here's, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm thinking on this. So I think we're going to have an awesome, you know, all around conversation here. So to start TJ, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and just like what your history was as far as, you know, your experience in singleness leading up into your marriage. Yeah, so let's go. That's, that's a great question. And I'll, I'll, you know, preface everything by just saying again, thank you guys for having me. And anybody listening, if you're giving me permission to even uh, have the opportunity to speak into your life, just know that I believe that that's a that's a gift in and of itself. So I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And also, I just will put you back to the Lord and I will put you back to his guidance because there's absolutely no person who can stand in replacement of him besides the Lord himself. So anything that you hear, whether it's out of my mouth or anybody else's, go to the go to the Word and listen to the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be directed to the right place yeah. in life. But um, but I'll give you some quick context. So professionally, let me just share briefly about that because it's absolutely intertwined to everything that I'm doing. But I've been doing private coaching, uh, life coaching, business coaching, et cetera, et cetera, uh, for the last eight years or so. I was working on Wall Street at Goldman Sachs and mm. had an awakening spiritually and was on track for promotion. It was amazing. God gave me peace to leave though. And out of this deep inner conflict, I finally had relief. Like, wow, I can let go of my reputation in life. I can let go of Mm. the promise of money and I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I'm going to just follow God, you know? And that was as Jesus was really working in my heart and simultaneously, you know, I stepped out of that world and entered into the wilderness season. And, and, uh, this was not just professionally as I started on the entrepreneurship journey, but also, personally, as I was actually having an awakening in my relationships in life. And so I'll pause that and I'll take you back to where I came from. I was adopted, born out of wedlock, and I was adopted through Catholic charities. And so I was raised in Catholicism, didn't know anybody in my blood family. I had uh, two parents and my sister uh, growing up. 
and I was raised in what was church on Sunday, you know, in my faith spiritually. And so you'd go on Sunday. I did catechism for a bit. I kind of did the whole confirmation. And I say kind of because there's like this half in, half out. I don't really know if I'm supposed to do this or if it just, you mm. know, check the box. What is it? But it was amazing because it was an introduction to God. Now, in the background of all of this, I'm sitting there at five years old praying on my knees with nobody in my home overtly praying. So faith was always mm -hmm. natural to me, but then I had this extra thing called religion that was really helping me understand that there was other people who had faith and I was just becoming aware of it. But the, reading the Bible for myself was never anything that I had done. Well, that's important because, you know, while my parents raised me with values and their belief systems of trying to be a good person, certain topics maybe weren't addressed in the home that maybe in the way that they could have been, especially given the context of how it was brought into this world. And so when it came to relationships, I thought, well, I'm a good kid. I get good grades. I do a lot of good things. And then once I started, you know, thinking about, oh, you know, I'm a teenager, women like really attracted, there were no boundaries. And so from a young age, mm. I had open doors is what they're called open doors in my life if you live in your home and you have an open front door well it leaves room for anybody to walk in or out at any time it doesn't mean that somebody's going to walk in but you're at least creating yeah. the invitation and that's what happened for me is i started getting into being mm -hmm. sexually active at a young age and then i dated uh in high school and uh lost my virginity and that was a whole process for me because I remember in that moment going, and you know, I'm just jumping and going real deep guys, but I remember in that moment going, man, this is how I was actually brought into the world and it's not the best thing. And I don't want to repeat the cycle. I remember thinking that I remember that being a part of my mm -hmm. thought process in the decision I was making. But then the other side of me is, you know, I'm 16 years old going, this girl loves me. I love her. I think I know what love means. Okay, everything's cool. It's safe, mm -hmm. whatever that mm -hmm. turns out to be. And so fast forward, that just all of that opened yeah. doors, more doors, more doors, more doors. And so I became sexually active in through my 20s. And that as I was leaving Wall Street, you know, as God was convicting me as the Lord, as I started to know him then as the Lord, I re reading the Bible for myself and the Holy Spirit convicting me, not condemning, but convicting me. I started recognizing, well, it's not just this idol of money and reputation that I have in my life. I actually maybe have an idol of women who want to bring some kind of affirmation to me because of this core wound that was created when I was born and had a ruptured relationship with my biological mother. So all of that said, here I am at this mid-20s point of my journey, and I am navigating just, just a, lot of, a lot of changes. And if you guys need me to, I can revisit anything that we just talked about. But, uh, but I, that's the point when I was actually starting to go, Lord, I trust you more with relationships in my life than how I've been doing them. In other words, your ways are higher and my ways aren't working. And that was the moment of surrender. And I remember I was dating somebody and I had left my job and I had been dating this person and realizing, wait a second, this person can't fulfill what I need and what I'm doing and what they're doing. This is yeah. not healthy and I can't continue this pattern. And that it was at that moment, full on surrender where I go, you know what, Lord, 
I need to be single. I need to be single. I need to just be with you. And mm-hmm. so I remember breaking up with this girl. It was not, I would not recommend how I did it, but I remember no, breaking no. up <laughs> and another ruptured relationship. The pattern continued, but at this time I said, God, it's in your hands. I was surrendered. And wouldn't you know, shortly thereafter, I end up meeting my wife as I'm in the deepest point of intimacy with the Lord in my wow. life. So that is kind of the history and context, and I can go into a whole lot of avenues from there, but that's just some, some, uh, some nuggets that, um, that the Lord has brought me through, some, some, some threads that have been uh, strewn out over the years. So what is a lot of the hurt that's involved as far as, you know, sleeping around before you're married and finding fulfillment in that? What are some of the negative effects that you've, you've felt from that? It's a very complicated question, but I'll first say this. You know, at the beginning, we were praying, and you were saying, I hope somebody's encouraged. You know, the word I heard was convicted, and I hope somebody mm-hmm. listening is actually convicted by my testimony, because in conviction, there is no condemnation, but there is a strong urgency to change because the Lord has something better for you. And so if you're mm-hmm. listening and you ever had a thought like I did, which is, well, at least I'm not like that person, at least I don't really have an addiction to porn because I didn't. Mm-hmm. Porn had been in my life at times, but I didn't have any issue with it. It stayed out for the most part. Well, mm-hmm. at least I didn't sleep around with this many women. Well, at least I don't have, you know, and that thought I'll first say before I get into the complications thereafter, that thought of at least I and comparing yourself and making yourself feel just a little better than the next person who's living in sin. Sin is sin. It really doesn't matter whether your sin is a little bit less than the other person's mm-hmm. sin, right? Sin is sin. And I was living in sin. And sin means anything that is off the mark in terms of thinking with the way that God is thinking. And he's not thinking, hey, I want you to go sleep around with a bunch of women because why? He has our best interest in mind. And he knows that things will go well for us if we first have our love with him and that if we allow him to lead our lives, that we'll find healthy boundaries that actually bring us freedom. And so for me, as I realized this and entered into covenant marriage with my wife, of which we went our relationship pure, not having sex before marriage, very, very, mm-hmm. very, like no sexual activity, I'll call it. Yeah. You know, I'd say very little, um, but I can't even really say that. It was like almost none. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was a struggle for me. But what it, what ended up happening was that God told me, this is, TJ, it's about purity for your family. TJ, this is mm-hmm. about purity for the generations after you. TJ, this is about starting something new, not being better than your parents or your parents' parents, mm-hmm. being one step or two steps better. And what he started to show me is that there's an original design I have for you, TJ. And in that process, it doesn't mean that all the consequences of my decisions went away. In yeah. fact, in getting married and having had sexual relations with women before marriage, the, the, the doors that were open in your mind, that created a whole series of conversations with my wife where I had to start being extremely transparent about, hey, this person showed up in my dreams, soul ties. Hey, this person literally mm-hmm. is on my mind during intimacy, that kind of thought, right? And I'm, I don't like it. 
I, yeah. the conversation, I don't like this. It's there because the door was open somewhere. Right. And so there mm-hmm. is a real consequence to some of these relationships that you have before marriage, not to mention just the whole rewiring that has to happen that you have now created new neural pathways that you have to ask the Lord to help you change, even if he brings you freedom, even if there's personal forgiveness you've received, the discipline in how you're thinking actually has to change. And so you then have to fight off some of these things. And I say fight off, it's not all willpower, but it is an awareness and defense. Fight off the temptation of lust, for example, and not allowing your mind to go to certain places that it has actually been because of physicality and decisions you've made in the natural with your body. So Mm -hmm. those types of things and the shifts that you have to make as you get into marriage and as you find that you truly love somebody and you don't want to hurt them and you don't ever want to make them feel like they're less than what you truly love them as, those those thoughts can actually be tormenting, okay? Yeah. Those thoughts can actually be tormenting to people. And so praise God because he's really changed my thoughts. He's really changed how I see my wife and even helped me close doors to my past where I actually don't have certain lustful thoughts. And still, I'm aware that temptation is real. While he'll always give you a way out, the temptation is real. And for somebody who's making more and more decisions before they're in covenant marriage where it's intended, original design, you are just creating greater temptations in your life. And that is going to make things very difficult if you're trying to live your life honoring God, loving God, and loving your wife. That's really good. Yeah, one thing I just want, like, I think a lot of people, when they make those decisions, they think, oh, this this won't affect me in the future. But anytime you go down any path, you almost need to walk it back with God. He Like, there's healing, there's restoration. There's no, yes, Mm -hmm. God can deliver us, but... Oftentimes, God needs to restore and show you, hey, this pattern in your life that led you down this path, you need to change that. And I think a lot of times with singleness, if people just expect that marriage is going to solve their problems, marriage is going to make mm. these things go away, you know, that's just that's just a lie, right? That's just something that it's the, oh, we just want marriage to be the, the magic pill to just make a lot of my problems go away. And that's where if you're connecting yourself sexually – Um, with other people, if it's physically or even mentally, if you're going, if you're creating thought patterns in your life, that is still a part of your sexuality. And if you're choosing to, in a sense, connect yourself in ways to someone other than your spouse, then you're going to have to do the work to undo that. And I think in singleness, a lot of times people say, oh, this won't affect me in the future. Um, But no, that's, that's really good, man. Yeah. And like, this is especially enlightening to me in the sense of where I've been struggling mentally as far as, you know, how do we move forward while teaching purity and simultaneously teaching God's grace? You know, because I I feel like there's a message that needs to be spoken to those who have been down your path of, you know, lost virginity, sleeping with multiple people, and there needs to be a message that says, like, God still wants the best for you. God still wants something incredible for you, but not portraying the message of 
if you're young and haven't made these mistakes yet, you can go ahead and make these mistakes and then things will be okay in the end because, you know, that's, that's not going to be the case, but like, you know, it's, it has been a huge mental struggle and like, how, how do we move forward with this and how do we teach? And I, I feel like you, you know, your, your story and, and your influence has, has, uh, you know, just your testimony has, has really kind of hit that well. I mean, you know, from, from going with that, background and then moving forward to, you know, where God is in your marriage now and the blessings that have come from that. I mean, how would you explain the blessings that come after being forgiven of those mistakes and moving forward in, in the beautiful picture that God has for you? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting for me, I'd say, you know, really it's like the reality of, beauty from ashes. And what I mean by Mm -hmm. that is I could have burned down any relationship through self-sabotage and decision-making that I would have had in the past. And I often did in abusive, emotionally abusive, uh, emotionally abusive, mainly, you know, through God gave me a gift with words and that gift, if used in a wrong way, can be uh, abusive. And so, you know, I had a lot of things that I had to work through and I'm still working through. And I, I share all that because that was the that was kind of like, well, when you can be destructive in a way, it it creates ashes. <laughs> and yeah. And so how does beauty come from ashes? Well, mm-hmm. for me in my life, you know, it's I was reading Hosea actually and uh, this morning. And it's all about how God tells Hosea to go marry this woman who is a whore in biblical terms. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's the idea of understanding the love that is not just a feeling, but a choice, despite your decisions. And my wife literally is that person in my life, the love of God is made possible through people. And my wife is that person, her love, God's love for her and her love with him through her to me has changed me. Mm -hmm. It has changed me as a man. And one of the ways it's changed me is knowing that there is no amount of Uh, performance that I could have lived up to living a perfect life that would have amounted to the love that I can receive uh, unconditionally. In other words, it doesn't mean that, uh, that the decisions that I made were okay. It means that the, in spite of the decisions that I made and maybe make um, forgiveness is real because it's a choice Mm. out of the love of God. And Mm. And it's a realization, you know, as you were talking, there's a couple of things that came to mind. And Tom, this is a really tough one for people, but grace is not just undeserved kindness, which is what I'm describing. Mm-hmm. It's also being removed from the wrath of God. And, yeah. you know, th- when Jesus died on the cross, he died and and received the wrath of God, which is hard to understand. Okay. And he received not the wrath for himself, he took ours on himself and mm-hmm. and it was it was our wrath you know it was it was hit, god's wrath directed towards us on him and it's really hard to understand that 
But that was the first thought I had when you were talking about grace. And it's important to recognize those two points of, of reference. It's not just undeserved kindness. It is actually the wrath of God not being put on you. And then the second is the second thought I had there, which is really important as it relates to your question, is really just recognizing for people who are on the journey and recognize that there's an opportunity to change and they don't know how. I will say this, your words can mean one thing, okay? But a truly repentant heart is one who feels sorrow for sin. And what that means is it's not contrived or emotionally manipulating. It means Mm -hmm. that the Lord works in you, not intellectually, but emotionally, to a point where you actually see sin in your life and you go, I'm so sorry. And that's at that point that you can really receive the grace that we were just talking about. But it's really hard to do that intellectually, you know. It's actually what we mentioned at the beginning and one of your guys' core values, surrender, that -hmm. allows you to feel that sorrowful repentance to change. And as soon as you're at that point, man, God can do amazing things. And that's what he's done for me. Mm -hmm. That's what he's done for me. And he'll do it for, it's not just me. Jesus is a testimony of prophecy. If he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. So for anybody listening, he'll do it for you. I can, I can promise you that he can do it for you. Yeah, man. It's just like, it's just so beautiful. uh, You know, just with, with your story and just how, you know, God has, has done incredible things and, and an incredible transformation. And, you know, I, I see with so many of the, of the different reels that you post on Facebook, which you have a lot of incredible reels, you talk a lot about singleness and, you know, how has God laid singleness on your heart? So for me, what's interesting is the singleness journey was never really a struggle it was actually the relationship journey was the real struggle. And, right. you know, and for somebody who always considered themselves being good at relationships, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was pretty eye-opening for me to come to terms with the fact that, oh, my romantic relationships often end up in a really tough spot. There's maybe a common denominator here, and that common denominator is me. And... So what's interesting is out of my yeah. own story and testimony of God just really redeeming so much in my life, romantically, specifically, you know, in working with people in the capacity of, mm-hmm. of coaching, which has many different aspects to it. You know, I, a lot of people don't even know what coaching is. It's, there's a counsel role to it. There's a coach role. There's a consultant role that, you know, there's different kind of hats that you wear when you're walking with somebody through stuff. But that's essentially what I'm doing as I'm helping people with identity and purpose and relationships and money and health and wholeness mm-hmm. and all of these things coming together holistically. You cannot live a, a truly fulfilled life where you're thriving, inside out thriving. Not everything in your life is perfect. It's actually you have peace inside regardless of what's happening. It's hard to live a, a thriving life if you don't have healthy relationships. It's hard to live a thriving life if you don't have healthy relationships. And so for me, the topic of singleness is less a topic of uh, of me and an interest in helping people in their singleness. It's more in an opportunity for me to help people develop healthier relationships, starting with themselves. 
starting with yeah. a relationship with yourself because in order to welcome someone else, it is a really good idea to develop a healthy relationship with yourself first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, I think that's that's something I've seen it goes overlooked so often is your own individual health as a person because how often do you find a really healthy individual have unhealthy relationships? You know, they, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. You know, there's, there's two people in a relationship, you know, not everyone's great at relationships. They might be great in other areas and healthy in other areas, but usually your individual health is a good indicator about certain things in your life. You're, you know, if you're, if you have, you know, confidence, if you have standards, if you, if you're, if you're growing, if you're seeking certain things, if you're trying to grow, become a healthy person, that's going to spill into every area of your life. But a lot of times with relationships, we kind of forget that, hey, you need to be a healthy, you, you need to really like be healthy as an individual. You know, I think we, we do touch on that a lot with singleness. We want, you know, we tell people to, hey, you're single, you know, become healthy and all that stuff. But then what happens is what happens when they get married, we almost forget about that a little bit too. It, it's, Married people need just as much, you know, growth and, and seeking that that health. That doesn't change once they get married. Um, and I think that's with singleness. Sometimes we can kind of put on single people, hey, you know, you need to become the best version of yourself before you get married, which is true. But it's not just for relationships. You know, they, it's kind of like a it's healthy balance. But yeah, you you very rarely find unhealthy people with healthy relationships and vice versa. Yeah. Starts with healthy singleness. You know, you don't get a healthy marriage out of, uh, unhealthy singleness. Like that's like, that is absolutely for sure. You know, I know recently you did a, you, you did talk about the five things to know if you're 30 and single TJ, you know, I'd love to kind of hear you dig into each piece of that and what that looks like. So, yeah, what what are your, what are the five things that people need to know if they're thirty and single? Uh, it's a it's an interesting question. I was sitting there talking with my wife about just the different people that we know in our lives that are just amazing people, single in their thirties, and I even think about people I have worked with who late twenties, mid thirties, late thirties, forties. Mm-hmm. incredible people. I've watched some of them go from heartbreak to married. I'm watching some of them go from extremely like, I don't even know how relationship is possible to, you know, on the road towards really healthy, um, committed relationships. And, uh, yeah. and so it's beautiful to see that happen. And I think through my own journey and through observing friends and working with clients who I have the privilege of calling friends, many of them. I've observed some things that were just, I think, important for people to know. And one of them, in terms of the five things to know if you're 30 and single, one of them is focus on what's within your control. And that's the first one. Um, And I I say that's the first one. If I put zero before that, it would be surrender. But assuming (laughs) you've already surrendered to the Lord, then I would say, hey, okay, well, this is an opportunity You know, your time now is an opportunity. Your time not in a committed relationship is an opportunity to focus on what's within your control. And many people stress and worry and 
don't have awareness of where their attention is going. And as a result, stress and worry, because they're focused on things that are outside of their control, like other people, like other people's Mm -hmm. opinions. And when you are surrendered and when you are giving your attention to your relationship with the Lord first and where he's leading, it's much easier to deal with the noise similar to maybe what Josh was sharing about how he became very comfortable and confident with where he was on his journey and being single. But then all of a sudden, all these people around him were like asking him questions about being single. And he realized, well, there's Mm -hmm. this discrepancy between how I feel and where I'm at with the Lord and how other people feel. But it sounds like when he was sharing that he was not bothered by it as much because he already had that confidence and that that assurance in his relationship with the Lord that he was exactly where he needed to be. And so for me, number one, focus on what's within your control. That's not just about, you know, yes, your relationship with the Lord, but it's also these other things. Health and wholeness is huge. Like people Mm -hmm. need to understand that health, you know, the first four letters of health are heal. And you got to understand that concept. If that's not a part of your vocabulary yet, I mean, it's got to be. So going back into your past, starting there, and digging in is really important, but also taking care of yourself. First Thessalonians 5.23 says we're spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. And so, you know, your body is an important part of your being. And uh, and so taking care of yourself and learning to do those things is practical, helps with your energy. It also helps you have a clear mind. Uh, so that's just, again, focusing on what's within your control. Getting right financially, developing a healthier relationship with money would be another thing I would add in that. And we could go on and on, but that's number mm-hmm. one. Before I move on to number two, was there anything that you guys thought maybe stood out as something that was important or relevant for you guys on your journey? I mean, the only thing I can think of is is when I was in my singleness and, you know, like like Josh was saying, he he was comfortable with it. His friends weren't. And I experienced the same thing where, you know, and, and granted my, my period of surrender and being single was very short compared to, you know, most journeys. But, you know, I, I told my friends, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm totally okay with being single for the rest of my life. I think God can do cool things with this, and, and I'm actually looking forward to it. And and they came back. It's like, Tom, don't worry. Like, they, they felt like I just, like, totally gave up. Like, this is me giving up. And for me, it was it was a matter of just, no, I believe God can do incredible things, even if I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. And and so they would encourage me, like they'd come back and say, Tom, don't worry, like, you know, there, there's somebody out there for you. Just, you know, just got to hang in there, man. You're you're doing OK. I'm like, there might not be. And that's OK. And and I'm I'm totally OK with that. So, you know, that's that's something where, you know, that that surrender aspect, it's it's so tough. It's it's tough to submit those desires because submission means means voluntarily. You know where I got to a point where I just had to had to give it up because God forced it from me and God brought me to that breaking point. But yeah, I mean that was something that was that was huge for me in the surrender aspect of of where others found it. They they still wanted to kind of track towards you know giving me a line of comfort that that I, I was, I was not in the place for at that time. And, you know, and, and God did answer my prayer. God did bring me towards marriage, but I look back and, and I don't feel like my life would have been empty 
if I continued in singleness. So, yeah, that's that's some of my thoughts on it. Yeah, for me and my singleness, I think one thing that really helped me was finally accepting that singleness was a difficult thing. I think for me, for many years, I just, I think just the way growing up in church and kind of just even responses of, oh, don't worry about it, you'll find someone. All of those things just over time kind of conditioned me to believe, oh, what I'm going through isn't a big deal, I'll just not really worry about it. And over the years, it can, it can wear you down. You can be like, hey, I want to find someone. You know, you know, That stress can build. And if you don't really accept the fact that it's hard, then you can never really heal or learn or grow. Like you're, you're, you're just stuck. And for me, that was a big, mm-hmm. a big turning point when I kind of heard um, in a couple of different areas that being single and desiring marriage is a very difficult thing to face. And that was something mm-hmm. that I needed to hear to be able to kind of be like, okay, you know, here I am, I'm single. This is not really where I want to be. And I'm struggling with it. Now that I'm accepting the struggle as a struggle, now what? And I think that's where it was a big turning point for me and my singleness to really just kind of be able to accept it, you know, you know, continue to surrender, continue to kind of understand singleness and, you know, not run from it, not try to just look for a relationship, but to embrace where I was at. But a lot of times people just run from their singleness or they run to relationships or they say, oh, singleness isn't a big deal because all these other people are saying it's not a big deal and I should just not worry about it. All those things can kind of, you can get buried under those things and it can really stunt your growth. It can kind of put you into unhealthy places. So that was a huge turning point for me. Yeah, one, yeah. one uh, <clears throat> as it relates to just the idea of running from something, I think that's why I'm very adamant about n- number two in those mm-hmm. five things to know if you're 30 and single, which is going on the healing journey. And most people will run from whether it's singleness or their job or anything else uh, because they don't know where to begin on the healing journey. And the healing journey is the, is the step, the first step and most important step in becoming whole and healthy. And, and when I say the healing journey, in other words, it's not necessarily just like reading about a diet that 10 other people are doing and deciding to do that. That, that, that doesn't mean you're on the healing journey, okay? That just means that you're interested in things that other people do that sound healthy. The healing journey is recognizing that there's stuff in your life you don't know how to address or handle. Like you were just Mm -hmm. saying, Josh, it's like, I don't know how to address or handle this. I'm actually a little uncomfortable with it. I I don't know where to begin. And I recognize that there's a reason I'm uncomfortable with it. So how do I start that process? Well, you go on the healing journey and the healing journey involves observing wounds in your life. Uh, One example for me, I remember when I was in college, I started reading uh, through a a friend, several had recommended Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. Mm. And I had never read a book like that. And I remember opening the book and there was just, it was God's anointing on the words, you know, not worshiping the author, but just God's presence and his anointing 
And the timing in which I read it, I started weeping just reading the pages from this book. It was like somebody was speaking into these wounds that I've been trying to hide, cover up and pretend like they weren't there through the facade that I'd created in my life that I was successful and I was doing these things and I was you know, this type of person. And I started realizing, wow, I'm actually really broken. I didn't use those mm-hmm. words, but I was crying. I was mm-hmm. weeping. And I was like, why yeah. am I weeping reading this book? And that's an exact uh, like moment in time in my life when I realized, wow, there's something deeper here. There's something that I'm not aware of that is starting to surface. And over the years, that's what God really wanted to dig into a little bit more with me as I went on my healing journey. So I'd encourage anybody, if you're in that place where you're a little uncomfortable and you're recognizing, I just run from this. Why do I run from this? Well, it's it's actually really helpful to ask the Lord to help you start the process. Not that it hasn't been started already, but ask him to take you to the next step and mm-hmm. say like, what is it that maybe I'm not aware of, Lord? Can you show me, Holy Spirit? Can you show me? Is there a book? Is there a person? Is there... A program I can, you know, join. Is there a, something that I can at least get from step two to step three, you know, or step three to four, or four to five? And as somebody who spent three years in grief counseling myself, I can tell you the value of counseling. I can also tell you there's going to come a time when you need to stop asking somebody to validate all the pain in your life, and you're going to mm. have to leave the victim mentality. And that's also a part of the healing journey, right? Yeah. So. You know, there's steps in the journey and it's not all about just getting in your emotions and sitting there like everybody else on Instagram wants to tell you. That's one part of it. But Mm. there's a whole nother part of it, which is you come out on the other side deciding to make changes in your life. Right. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I was just going to encourage anybody listening that that's an amazing uh, observation that Josh made. And um, I would encourage you to go on that healing journey. And that's number two on the list of five things to know if you're 30 and single. That's great. And I I love the fact that you you kind of touched on it, you know, the next step. What's the next thing? God never asks you to skip a step. He never asks you to get farther, you know, to take a leap, to take a, you know, a huge, you know, jump over a canyon. God is always about just the next small step. If it's in whatever it may be, your healing journey, your relationships, you know, every, everything in your life, God is just asking you for the next step. And usually when you kind of boil it down to the next step, it's very doable. It might be painful, it might be hard, but it's doable. It's not, that's not the impossible. The whole journey looks like the impossible because like, how can I get there? That doesn't look possible. But yeah, that's the the next step. I really like that because so often it can feel so overwhelming, but God never asks you for anything more than the next step. Yeah. So what was the next part of the five things to know if you were 30 and single? Yeah, if you're if you're focused on what's within your control, number one. Mm-hmm. If you're going on the healing journey, number two. Uh, another thought I would add for you, if you're on mm-hmm. that journey, is sure. number three: develop your convictions. Develop your convictions, and what I mean by this is, uh, well, we we don't have a shortage of people who have uh, convictionless lives, mm-hmm. and. Uh, in fact, it's often looked at that uh, today, culturally in America, it's almost looked down upon to have convictions in your life. Uh, it's actually encouraged to be convictionless, 
yeah. that anything goes. And mm -hmm. I can tell you any parent of a child knows that boundarylessness is dangerous. Yeah. If your child does not know that crossing the street could kill them, then that can be mm -hmm. a problem. Yeah. If your child does not know that eating a toxic chemical cleaner in the house could kill them, that, that at the very least, they shouldn't be touching that. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's for their benefit. And most people don't understand that God places boundaries and gives us the choice to choose life or death, blessing or curse, have conviction or not, because it's for our benefit. He wants things to go well with us. But too many people are living reactionary lifestyles and living reactionary theology where they've been hurt by people in a church setting in a religious, spiritual sense in that they have been oppressed by the religious spirit and they therefore do away with any convictions because they've been so hurt by legalism. And mm. they are very, very different. And so for somebody to develop their convictions is for somebody to understand that God loves you first and that he wants the best for you second. Yeah. And that that doesn't always look like the life you plan third and that there is peace in spite of suffering that we cannot necessarily avoid for and that God is for you and he can be with you and that you also get to make those decisions five, right? You get to make decisions to choose life or death, blessing and curse, blessing or curse, and what that means is that your decisions have consequence in your life. And you may think, as we were talking about earlier, oh, my decisions to sleep around before marriage, oh, it's whatever, or just, you know, it, it may not really matter. Okay, mind governed by the flesh is death. Mind governed by the spirit is life mm -hmm. and peace. Mind governed by the spirit is not a carnal mind. Mind governed by the spirit is a mind that understands that there's a compulsion and conviction to live your life a certain way, not because you're going to be a better person so you get into heaven, but because God loves you so much. He actually wants you to live different because it's how he intended, not the way that culture and the world has taken things because of the kingdom of darkness. And so for somebody who is in this space of like, I don't have my conviction yet, know that it's okay and know that God does have a certain way of thinking. Now, I want to caveat all of that because people don't understand that this is really important when it comes to convictions. Having a mind that is what I would call a, uh, um, let me put it different. Having a brain that is what I would call a trauma brain is somebody who thinks in black and white. There is no gray area. And that is actually not healthy. Black and white mm -hmm. thinking is not healthy now. That seems like it contradicts what I was saying about having convictions, but it doesn't. It's actually an understanding that there are boundaries in life and you are going on the journey with the Lord to figure out what those boundaries are. And guess what? Within those boundaries, there can be a lot of gray area. In other words, yeah. there can be within the fence, maybe some things that are dangerous, right? And maybe some things that are totally cool and totally fine. But going on the journey with God is about recognizing, well, what's a hard line and what's maybe more in the gray zone. And for a lot of people who don't necessarily have clarity on their convictions because they're just not there yet, I would encourage you, you don't have to share with the world because somebody else has convictions and they want to peer pressure you into sharing your convictions or else you're just by being silent 
agreeing with everybody else, whether it comes to sexuality or anything. Right? If you're trying to figure out your convictions, do so with the Lord. Do so with your Bible. Do so with mm-hmm. wise counsel. Don't do so with other people who are peer pressuring you on social media to make you choose a side because they've already chosen their side. That is not convictions. That is insecurity and somebody who wants you to validate their pain. So I would say do this in developing your convictions over time with the word of God, with the Holy Spirit and the wise counsel of many. And as you do so, you understand, oh, wait a second, God has standards for me. And that's really healthy. And you know what? Some of these things, I don't have full understanding what they look like yet, but I know that they're there. And I want to keep seeking and keep learning and keep growing. And so that's the real process of convictions and developing convictions that I've seen in my life. And I think it's honestly something that more people just need to be open to in terms of recognizing that God does have higher ways, higher thoughts for them. And it's not about living reactionary just because you've seen somebody who maybe follows Christ or says they follow Christ do things poorly. Yeah, that's good. Man, I think it's like so important to develop convictions and be living life with you have to, you have to have convictions when you live life you you can't just live life on a whim doing everything that you want to do at any given moment you have to have convictions and everything and so you know i'd love to hear number 4 and 5 but i i know we're kind of running short on time here so i think people should definitely check out your youtube video that you created on it to hear hear about what number 4 and 5 are for you know if you are you know five things to know if you're 30 and single so where would people find that youtube video I'll make sure that you guys have the link so they can access it. Uh, But if you actually just go to my YouTube page, which is TJ Loeffler, and uh, you'll see that under um, one of the playlists that I have there at the top, you'll find a video that's five things to know if you're 30 and single. Um, You could also just search five things to know if you're 30 and single and you'll find Mm -hmm. my name and the video. And I've actually even just outlined in the video underneath little chapters so that somebody, if they've already listened to this podcast and heard the first three, they can go jump to number four or five and, you know, hear what they need to hear. Awesome. All right. Excellent, man. This is like one of those episodes where I feel like there's so much Mm -hmm. more in it that we haven't even had a chance to touch. So it's like, it's frustrating in that sense, but I have to respect the time of our listeners where, you know, getting, getting beyond an hour is, is tough. Like that's a long episode. So I definitely want to respect that. But, but man, TJ, what is a favorite verse of yours or a verse that has been on your heart that you'd like to share with us today? Yeah, this is, you know, as we were talking about just our journeys earlier and as I was thinking through, um, just the story of my life and, and, the, actually, the verse that, that really speaks to a lot of the work that I do that the Lord has given me. Um, I'm going to read a, a, a few translations. I just wanted to pull them up as Romans 12, 2. And uh, ESV translation says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right? And I'll share that and I'll read a couple different translations just quickly, but I'll share that just for somebody listening to understand, you know, something that's been so important for me is that it's the transforming power of God. Many people know words on a page. Very few people know presence of God and very few people know power of God. 
And those are mm -hmm. all very different things. Words on a page without any life in them is just religion. But when you have the life of the word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Lord, that changes you. It changes mm -hmm. you. Um, so Romans 12, 2, different translation, NLT, uh, just sometimes helps for people listening. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. It's what we talked about this entire podcast episode. But let God yeah. transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And the last translation I want to read, just again, if somebody is helpful for them, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but yes. be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. And that, if I could just have somebody listening and go, gosh, I didn't get anything from that, but I know that God wants a beautiful life for me. And that doesn't necessarily mean everything's perfect, but it mm -hmm. means that it's satisfying in his eyes. And that's what I want. And I want him to change my life. Man, if you're convicted by yeah. that, you know, just ask the Lord, Lord, help me change my life. Change my life. Mm -hmm. I just want to change whatever that means, Lord, whether it's for relationships romantically, you know, for this journey in singleness, whatever it is. I just want to change, Lord. Like if that's your prayer, man, that's a powerful prayer you're praying right now. So yeah. I, I bless anybody who's who's listening that <laughs> wants to pray that prayer. Yeah, that's good. Especially that verse kind of just even going off of number three, developing your convictions, right? It's the mm -hmm. it's a big thing, uh, especially, you know, in the day and age where people are just, you know, living by feelings, living by whatever, you know, reactionary like you talked about. That's mm -hmm. really good. What was that translation yeah. of the last one, the last verse? The last translation is the passion okay. translation. All right. Yeah, awesome. And then where can people find your Instagram and YouTube? To make it really easy for people, Instagram, YouTube, website, uh, you know, even I have a podcast. It's all under all right. my name, TJ Leffler, L-O-E-F-F-L-E-R. I've got 11, right. 12 seasons on the podcast and it's nice. called Mindset with TJ Leffler. I've got a YouTube channel with all kinds of videos. Even if you just want to be blessed, there's ministry nights that I've hosted where you can just go on. You can actually receive from ministry nights that we recorded, that I recorded, uh, you know, months ago that, you know, people are just powerfully encountering the Lord. And there's wisdom from the journey is what I call it, a playlist on just different things that the Lord's shown me on my life, my life journey, a lot of mistakes that I've made. And, um, and then on my website, I've got, I've got some trainings. I send out emails quite regularly to, um, to my email list, just sharing whether it's updates, podcast episodes, videos, thoughts that I'm having. So yeah, there's a, there's plenty on health and wholeness, relationships, money, all kinds of things. So whoever's on the journey, just to want to grow personally and develop themselves with the Lord leading. Yeah, that's awesome. no, that's that's yeah. beautiful, man. I love that stuff. It seems like you have like a lot of cool things going on, and and I can't feel just I can't help but feel super blessed that we had you on the podcast, that we were introduced by a mutual friend. And, and I just, I just love the, the work that you're doing and, and the truth that you speak into the world, man, we, we mm -hmm. need it. Uh, and, and hopefully we can all continue just moving forward in, in truth, in, in honesty, in, in the reality of, of the world that God created and, and just the beautiful world that he has and, and just the beauty that is in truth that God had created, man. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. 
it's been a blast having you. Hopefully, you know, maybe sometime we'll have you again in the future. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much more to be to be talked about in this. Well, thank appreciate you both. You, it's been an honor. I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. So everybody out there, we really appreciate you joining us for this episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, and uh, you know, just tell your friends if they might get something from this episode, if they can be encouraged by it, make sure you, sh- you share it with them. But otherwise, we do have some very exciting news coming up on episode 75. So stay tuned for that. Some really awesome changes coming up for the podcast. So uh, we look forward to dropping that news coming up to you soon. In the meantime, get out there and seize the day. Maximize every chapter in your life. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening to the Thriving in Singleness podcast. Look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.